It's Your Health Radio, a special podcast series presented by Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Here's Melanie Cole. Welcome to It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're helping you with information on supporting hospitalized patients who are not allowed visitors. This is something that I think people all over the country are grappling with right now, and it's also one of the saddest parts of this pandemic, is the fact that whether you're in the hospital for a COVID-related issue or not, it's a very lonely situation, or it can be. But we're going to learn about many ways that you can support your loved ones. Joining me in this panel today is Jennifer Fitzpatrick. She's the Service Line Director for Critical Care and Cardiovascular Services, and Amanda Patey. She's the Clinical Manager of the Center for Women and Newborns, and they're both with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. So Jennifer, we're going to kind of start with you and cover general visitation policies at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. So first, due to this pandemic, virtually all the hospitals in Southern California, including Henry Mayo, are not really allowing visitors. How can family and friends best support these patients during their hospital stays? Hi, that's a great question. Using social media is one way the patients sometimes, if they're awake and they're bored, laying in bed, resting, being tended to their needs, they are a lot of times on their phone or some sort of social media to stay updated with families and friends. And that's a great way to stay connected. Also, group chats with your friends and where you have multiple people on one thread and they can be provided updates all at once. Oh, that's a great idea. That way everybody gets updated and whoever is filling the others in doesn't have to keep sending separate messages to everybody because I know myself how difficult and confusing that can be. So what about sending things? What kind of gifts or other items can be delivered to patients? What if they need, say, their phone charger? Because when people are rushed to the hospital, they don't always think about the phone charger. So how can we get things to our loved ones? Yeah. So we do, and as most hospitals have a gift shop, our gift shop here, if you go to our website at henrymayo.com, you'll be able to type in a search of gift shop and it'll pull up all the things offered in our gift shop, including some of those items you mentioned, such as a phone charger. Those things can often be there. They also deliver flowers. They've got balloons, spiritual items, these candy, different things like that really help make patients' days. You can also deliver personal items to patients. You just need to bring them to our front desk and they have a process where the belongings are signed in and delivered to the patient. Well, that's great to know because sometimes people feel more comfortable when they've gotten some of their things from home. So now, and I think this is a really important question, you mentioned social media and group chats and all of these things. Now, when my dad was in the hospital, he didn't know how to set up Zoom. What's the best ways to communicate with the patient's care team so that you guys can tell us what's going on, but also help us to set up a group Zoom meeting? If the person is older or not technology savvy, what is the best way to go about doing that and how? You guys are so busy and you're overwhelmed, and and it's understandable. How can we communicate with you the best? 
Yeah, that's a great question. And the caregivers really appreciate the attention to that so that they can focus on the delivering patient care. So the best thing to do is check in with your loved one's nurse for that shift and ask them, what's a good time to call? What's a good time to set up a Zoom call with my loved one? And ask that so that the day can be planned around incorporating those needs for the patient. All of our departments here, we've got iPads on all the units. We set up Zoom calls for family members and patients all the time. So it's really not a big thing that you're asking, but the timing of it is really important so that patient care delivery can still happen and we can still make sure that that is incorporated into the day. Also, making sure that the time is convenient for the patient. Rest is really important to hospitalized patients. And so making sure that if they have a procedure or, you know what, we know that we're going to do something, get them up with physical therapy, for instance, and they're going to maybe need to rest after that. So making sure that we're thinking of all of those things and incorporating that into planning of the Zoom call so that it's optimal for everybody. Now, what about communicating with you guys? We can call the nurse, just like you said, whoever is the shift nurse at the time, but we want info. And as one of six children, I was the person that they said, please do not have all of your relatives calling us all day and asking us for updates. So kind of reinforce, you'd like one point of contact that really is the person that the doctor can talk to or any imaging information you guys have and certainly the nurses with updates. Yes. Also very important. One of the biggest, I would just say disruptors sometimes of the day can be multiple phone calls, you know, asking the same questions. And so one spokesperson for the patient is really ideal to distribute that information to others. And again, using social media to distribute that information if appropriate, using group text to distribute that information if appropriate, using the Zoom calls with the families to distribute that information if appropriate, but making sure that there's one kind of point person that is calling and getting the updates, like you said, speaking to the physicians, getting the information from the nurse. It really tends to set us up for failure sometimes because we're calling, getting different information from different people and same thing, getting different information from the care team. So if we kind of have one point of contact, it really does help streamline the process and help make sure that the information is current and accurate and we build that relationship with that person and they really get to distribute it to the family. And that's, it's a big responsibility for the spokesperson, but it's so important. I would like to reiterate that. And listeners, I hope you heard her. If there are multiple family members and you have a loved one in the hospital, please designate one person to get all the information and then they can spread that information around in a group chat or however they would like. But our nurses and doctors are absolutely being heroes right now and we can't expect them to update each and every one of us as we have different questions please just designate one person. So now, Jennifer, I just only have a couple more questions for you. Is it different if the patient is a COVID patient or in the hospital for something else? Are there any differences in visitation or information or any of those things if someone's there, say, for a hip replacement versus COVID? Yeah, so currently we allow absolutely no visitors on our COVID unit, and that's really to keep everybody safe at this time. Typically, if somebody in your family has COVID, it's likely that multiple people in the family have been exposed or have it. So, you know, our responsibility is to slow the spread and to keep everybody safe. So we don't allow any visitors at any time in the COVID unit. Now, 
outside of the COVID unit, we will allow visitors for certain criteria, and that's typically going to be end of life when families are coming in to say their goodbyes. Also, if there's a trauma patient or somehow where we need help identifying a patient, sometimes trauma patients come in as Jane Doe or John Doe. So we'll need families help to come in, identify patients and make sure that we have all the information we need to admit the patient, things like that. So there are a few nuances on the non-COVID side, but for COVID, there's just no visitation at this time. We do hope with the vaccine rolling out and just more awareness and kind of learning to live with this COVID that that will start to ease up in the future. But right now, we're not allowed to have COVID visitors to the COVID unit. What about for people that are not on the COVID unit? Yeah. So going back to that, so that would be the end of life and the trauma patients. Like I said, those patients are allowed visitation. It's usually one person at a time. It's very time limited and they can come in and say their goodbyes at the end of life. Or if we have a trauma patient, we're admitting and and there's a need for a visitation. Now you mentioned the vaccine at one point in one of your answers. So this may seem a weird question, but if a family member has had the vaccine, Can they visit if, say, their loved one is having wrist surgery or is having their tonsils out or something completely un-COVID related and not traumatic of any kind and they've had the vaccine? Are there any parameters for that? Not at this time. We do hope that as more people get vaccinated that the restrictions will ease up. But at this time, there is not. Okay, so moving on now to Amanda, and we did not forget about you, Amanda, but we're talking about kind of two different things here in this podcast today. Now we're going to talk about maternity patients. So Amanda, what are the rules for the spouse or coach? Can you only have one kind of start at the point of entry for a woman that's going into labor? What would you like us to know about who's allowed to come there and some of the similar information that Jennifer gave us on as far as updates and information, because we all know families waiting for babies to be born can be quite insistent when they're trying to call and find out what's going on. Right. Yes. So currently we do allow one support person per hospitalization. So if a mom comes in in labor, she brings her support person with her and they can then stay with her through the postpartum stay And usually it's the support person and the mother giving birth, since they are usually fairly well, they are the point of contact themselves for family updates. Our nursing staff and physicians don't generally field a lot of those phone calls, since we can't really give updates about our patients. So they get one coach or spouse or whoever it is, they get one coach. So how can other family members support those maternity patients? Can they send flowers or a meal? What can they do? Right now, we do allow flower deliveries. We do not allow outside food for patients right now. I would say save the food for when they go home and they're home taking care of their baby. That's when the meal trains should really start, and that's when they need the most support is when they go home. Here, they have a team of people helping them. They have food delivered. So really, they need that support at home the most. And what about siblings? So if there's a little one at home, if there's a five-year-old at home waiting for their new sibling to be born, can they visit or no? Unfortunately, right now, we're not allowing the siblings to come in. It does put them at a greater risk. And also, um, kids are out in the community going to preschool. Some are returning back to school. So it is one more person bringing risk into the caregivers and the other patients. 
So, Amanda, if the mother comes in, are you testing her for COVID? And if she tests positive, what changes with her delivery? What changes with the coach? Anything like that? Can she be with the baby after it's born? Can she nurse? Give us a little kind of summary on what happens once she gets there if she tests positive for COVID. Yes. So we do test all of our moms coming in in labor. And unfortunately, if they test positive, things do kind of drastically change for them. We cohort all of our COVID patients, so our mothers and our babies in a COVID unit uh, designated for them. And unfortunately, when they're COVID positive, their support person cannot stay with them in the hospital. So to help navigate that, we do have iPads and things to help facilitate FaceTime and Zoom calls during the delivery process. Wow. Okay. So what about after delivery? Can she be with her baby? Can she nurse her baby? What do we know now? Yes, absolutely. A few months ago, updates came out from the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics, which changed sort of how we were navigating COVID with moms and babies. So babies can stay with their moms as long as they're medically stable and they stay in the same room. They are allowed to breastfeed. We really encourage and educate on hand hygiene, wearing their mask. If the baby is not doing skin-to-skin or feeding, just wrapping the baby, putting them back in the crib, things like that. What a different time we're living in, isn't it? So, Jennifer, I'd love it if you would wrap this all up for us. Would you please give us your best advice for ways that we can support our loved ones, whether it's somebody going in to have a baby or a non-COVID related issue, or if someone is in the hospital with COVID, please give us your best advice on how we can support not only our loved ones, but you all as well, because you're doing the work to save their lives. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things to do is if you have a loved one who gets admitted to the hospital for any reason, I would go directly to our website to understand any rules, regulations, do's and don'ts. You can see gift shop. All of those kind of things are updated frequently on our website. So if something should change, that'll be up to date very soon. I think the second thing is the spokesperson. That is very helpful, as you said, for the care team as well as coordination for the patient. It does help streamline the processes and allow us to provide really efficient and safe care to the patient as well as maintaining that relationship with the family. And then just lastly, which I didn't mention previously, is cards are always great. Patients' faces light up when they get mail. So we do receive mail here at Henry Mayo and people are more than welcome to drop off a card for any patient. It just needs to have their name and room number on it or put it in the mail if they're going to be here a few days. And we always make sure that our patients get those cards and it does brighten their day. It does leave something in the room for them to reflect on. So I think those would be some of the things that I would highly suggest. Thank you both so much for joining us today. Really excellent episode, so informative information that we all definitely need to hear. And thank you again for all of the work that you're doing for our loved ones. To learn more about the Center for Women and Newborns at Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital, you can visit henrymayo.com newborns. And if you have concerns about coronavirus, we encourage you to check the Henry Mayo website at henrymayo.com and click on the virus link at the top of the page for more info. That concludes this episode of It's Your Health Radio with Henry Mayo Newhall Hospital. 
I'd like to encourage the listeners to share this show with their friends and family on their social channels. We need to hear this information. If you have a loved one in the hospital, it's vital to hear this so that we can not only protect ourselves, our loved ones, but also the healthcare providers that are giving such compassionate care to our loved ones. So please share this show so we can all hear the information together. I'm Melanie Cole.